Hi everyone, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. I've got a special guest for you today, Paul from Alfie's Coffee, and we're going to be talking about taking a local brand UK-wide. Paul, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Thank you for having me, Joel. Very pleased to be here. I think I think you're the first guest who I've been on their podcast first. Is it? Am I ready? Wow. Yeah, I'm not you sure. Need to put that in the footnotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like I like being on your podcast. We uh, we talked about Peppa Pig and, and theme parks and and pro wrestling. So I mean, nothing to do with coffee, but all marketing. Well, I think actually, yeah. I think actually we linked both to coffee and we, marketing. We, yeah, we did, especially towards the end of the podcast. You know, we got a bit more. Um, uh, like I asked you a few more marketing-based questions yeah. on to help, you know, helping people on their journey to to marketing uh, wonderfulness. So yeah, it got there in the end. Yeah, it probably took us a while to get there, but we got there. So uh, for the uninitiated, who are you? Who am I? Well, Paul. Yeah, um, I live in Wales. Uh, with my lovely wife, Holly, and my two children, Caleb and April. Uh, and I am the director of Alfie's Coffee Co. And for the initi- initiated, as you said, um, the journey started back in 2015 um, with Alfie's Beer Bus. That's how we started. Um, I don't know whether you know this, Joel. I but do I know about the Beer with, Bus. I, <laughs> as I started with uh, an old Ford Transit ice cream van and did events and weddings and all that kind of stuff, food festivals, selling Welsh craft beer, cider and gin. So that's how we started. That was the, that was the baby. Alfie um, comes from my granddad. My granddad was called Alf uh, and I named the, the, uh, the beer van after him. Um, and then I, I worked in Spain for, um, for two years. Um, and that's where my kind of love of coffee came from, really, because the coffee culture in Spain is is amazing. You know, you'll get whole families, you know, whole generations of families sat outside, um, obviously because of the Spanish weather, sat outside having coffee, having food. You know, the kids will be running around. They'll be chatting about all, all, all sorts of different things. And I just really enjoyed that because I think in the UK, because I don't know whether we have a faster paced lifestyle than they do in Spain, but it's very much... I find like grab and go, you know, mm. you'll go to your favorite coffee shop, grab a coffee. Probably we won't stay. You'll just get one to go because you're off to work or to do this or meeting or whatever. Whereas in Spain, it's like, no, this is our family time. We've done the work. Now we have time for the family and they stay till, you know, like nine, 10, 11 o'clock. The kids are still running around. And I just love that. I just love that, that feeling that you got from just having the time to spend with the family and enjoy a good cup of coffee or whatever you're going to drink. And I really enjoyed that. And so I wanted to bring an essence of that back with me. Um, And then I started the coffee van, Alfie's coffee bus. So that was the journey into coffee for me. Um, I used to use a local roaster, um, but then I kind of dabbled myself into roasting just because I found the whole process of it quite interesting in terms of, the, the cooking process, you yeah. know, because I'm quite an avid cook. You know, I do enjoy like baking and cooking. And when I have time, you know, looking at different recipes and all that kind of stuff. So I got more into that. Um, and I just used to start roasting on the van just for the use on the van. And then March happened. We I mean, not happened in March. Uh, so I thought, well, let's take this 
this coffee that I've got that I've roasted on the van. Let's put this online, start the e-commerce side of things. And then it's just gone from there. Um, so fast forward to September this year, um, and I got the tender for a coffee shop in Carmarthen. So I'm now online in a coffee shop, and, and I've got the van pooping around the local area. So, yeah, it's gone from kind of nothing to not world domination yet, but we're on our way. Nice, nice. So, in essence, like, like many businesses, you were forced to go from a local brand to a national brand mm. by lockdown. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't go out in the van. Um, and I could have done because I was technically takeaway, mm. so I still could have gone. But my customer base had gone from people in the businesses, people in the offices, to people all, all working from home. Yeah. So I thought, well, I can't go anywhere anyway. I'll just be driving around, you know, serving no one. So that's why I thought, well, I wanted to do it anyway. That was a that was a goal to go to the e-commerce thing and, and sell the coffee to the, the, the you know, the, the national brand. Um, but that, like you said, the lockdown forced my hand to do it. Um, and, you know, it's probably the best decision that I've made, really, to, to start that wheel turning and to start that journey. I've got a confession to make. Go on. Um, and you've just you've just emphasised that I was definitely wrong, which is is a worry. Um, so <laughs> never wrong. When when um when the lockdown took hold, I don't know if you remember, yeah. but that April was absolutely boiling. It was like, yeah, 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 and loads of people got furlough tans and whatever else the yeah. media called it. Anyway. It was also no one knew just how dangerous it was yet. So we were all like, mm. literally, if you went for your half an hour's exercise in the day and you saw someone, you gave them a real wide berth. And like, <laughs> yeah. even if you knew them, you spoke to them from about 10 meters. And yeah, yeah. every time you needed to breathe, you turned away. Um, <laughs> so probably like in the first three weeks of that lockdown, I was coming back after my half an hour's exercise and an ice cream van came to our village. <laughs> and of course, all these families and kids piled out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was absolutely incensed. I was <laughs> like, I was like, what are you doing going from village to village, spreading the plague, yeah. you yeah, yeah. moron? And told him to do one. And then a few months later, found out that it's classed as takeaway and that's perfectly okay. That was perfectly fine. But I, yeah. I still not having an ice cream van is. Is takeaway. It's not essential, is it? There's some risk there, surely, in terms of people queuing and and the contact and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, made a real dick of myself that day. So I don't live in that (laughs) village anymore, so it's fine. But well, thankfully, you're you're okay now. Yeah, I've moved away. It wasn't the sort of village (laughs) where you want to upset people either. So I don't know. I must have must have been feeling sensitive. So (laughs) it's really interesting. I guess pre-lockdown. You you built a brand up locally to the point where people requested your van in their business box mm-hmm. on their streets and stuff. How did how did you do that? Um, mostly through like word of mouth. Um, by when I'd go to a business, I'd talk to them, chat to them, say, you know, do you, have you got any family who work locally? You got any friends who work locally? Or they'd say, just say to me, "This is a really great idea. Why don't you go and see?" x in x business park mm. and then i'd go fine yeah and, and off i went um obviously social um i didn't do any any kind of paid advertising back then um it was all just you know organic stuff um but it was mostly just like talking to people and them getting a feel of who i am the you know the quality of the produce that i was giving to them which i think in that kind of 
uh, in what I do can sometimes work in your favor because if people are going to be having something really decent and they don't have to leave, then I mean, what, what's why, why have, why get in your car and drive to a high street coffee shop when you can get better quality that's coming to your door kind of, you know, it's, it's, you know what I mean? And coffee's become one of those things that people have got snobby about in, in the nicest possible sense. I include myself in that, that, yeah, um, it's it's like people that enjoy whiskey or people that enjoy gin or wine that people are starting to realise what makes a good coffee and what makes a bad yeah. coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think lockdown has taught people a lot of that, yeah. if I'm honest, because people have had the time to actually sit down and learn how to use their French press or their V60 or whatever coffee equipment they have at home. You know, they've thought, oh, actually, in the mornings I usually just – bang it in, push the plunger, and, and I'm out the door. But actually, I've got time now to sit down, work out a recipe that works for me, and then actually think, well, I don't quite like this coffee. What's the tasting notes? Oh, I'm not a fan of that. Let's do a bit more research and find a coffee that actually works for my palate. So like you said, people have got a lot more educated, I think, in, in terms of coffee and wine and, and whatever other yeah. um, consumable. But I think for, from someone like me, that, that plays dividends because then people, if they like what you do, then they'll keep coming back Yeah, because they've gone, you've gone, ah, I've, I've hit the nail on the head with that blend or that product or that whatever it is. So I'll keep coming back because I really like it. Uh, and then from that, they obviously, you know, they tell other people and they, they promote you or by you just doing what you're doing to the best of your ability. So, but I, so I, I think it has played, played dividends. I think I really do because people have got more, educated as i said in mm. in what they like and what they don't yeah so when- no that, that makes sense so it's very product-led isn't it your business in terms of yeah, um, so. you know it's all well and good saying people can run facebook ads and you and i have talked about those before or uh you know you can promote a business but at the end of the day with something like yours if the product's rubbish mm. it undermines everything you've yeah. done but if the product's great you get momentum that you otherwise wouldn't expect. So it's not like a service business, like uh, an accountant who pretty much every accountant strictly should deliver the same thing. You get your accounts at the end of the year, accurate and ready to sign off where not every coffee provider or food and drinks provider does provide the same thing. There's different levels of uh, literally levels of bean. There's different, forms of roast there's uh blends there's non-blends it, like you can be as complicated or as simple as you want with it yeah absolutely i mean we've just signed up to a new uh coffee it's it's a coffee subscription service in a way very new to the market app based uh and the, the the guy behind it ben he's he's really into his coffee so he comes at it from a from a, a, a customer point of view, as opposed to just a tech point of view. So he's really dialed down into the, the customer experience and he's able to, when you search, when you go onto the app, you can search really specifically. So you can search for where the coffee comes from. Um, you can search for whether it's single origin, whether it's a blend, you can search for how it's processed, whether it's you know wet or whether it's dry or, or all these certain things that you may not get from another service. Yeah, But because he's come from, that service, uh, that 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 customer um, focus, he knows, and and to be fair, he's working with the roasters like myself and others who are on the app. 
what works for you, what works for us. So it, it's more to do with the customer interaction. Yeah. Um, and for them to so to say like yourself, Joel, you might know you like uh, a medium roast from Ethiopia rather than you having to go through reams and reams and reams of different coffee. You can just go medium Ethiopia search and there you go. Done. Bye. In your cart. You know, yeah. a minute, but a coffee that you're going to know you really enjoy. So it works for me because then people are going to be searching for something. If I do it, then they're going to buy from me. Potentially. Yeah. And I think that's um, something that people probably three or four years ago didn't filter like that. It's particularly no. with coffee, but they might have done it with, they're probably used to doing it with clothes, let's say. So mm. they would filter by their size. They'd filter by the color that they want. They would filter by material or style or where um you're now you're starting to see it with lots of gourmet products so coffee um funnily enough i was on like a, a butcher's website last night that let you do the same so you could you could filter your sausages by really? by you know how like whether you want them to be seasoned what what herbs are in there you know you can go into real levels of detail and i think it's Again, probably a, a little, it's been uh, sped up by lockdown. So people have gone, okay, I'm, I could pay a bit more attention to this now. And suddenly everyone's an expert. But, you know, we're equally in the last 10, 15 years, we're absolutely surrounded by cooking programs and bake off and all these things that teach you mm-hmm. that, that actually there's a lot more to it. And it, it, I just find it fascinating. I think it's a really yeah. interesting time to be in the food and drink industry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of gourmet, like you said, a lot of gourmet things that are coming out of the, not out of the woodwork, but are just becoming more readily available. Like yeah. Lauren, who I work with, she, her, her her partner is really into popcorn. Yeah. And I can't think of the brand name, but you can buy gourmet popcorn now. And she said, Seth and Joe's. Martini. yeah, that's the one. That's it. Yeah. Like espresso martini popcorn. And like, you know, what I think of popcorn, I think of when I go to the cinema and I just have, Sweet and sweet and salty, you know, mix. I've got another but, confession. <sighs> Went to the cinema yesterday, <laughs> and I, ha- I always have mixed popcorn because it's c- the correct answer. Um, yeah. But they offer our Odeon, our local Odeon. They offer popcorn toppers. So my oh. sweet and salty popcorn was full of mini Rolos. Oh, nice! It was. Did they melt a bit? Did they go just a, bit just a tiny bit? So oh, they're nice. like. They still got uh, their. They still hold their structure, but okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, on the other side of the camera, I've got my PA Hattie looking at me taking show notes, and she's okay. like, she's just looking at me like I'm a maniac. So, <laughs> yes, Hattie, you are right. He is a maniac. Yes, <laughs> but honestly, because I, I I've been to America once and I saw popcorn toppers when i went there but they were like mostly savory ones you can have like chicken salt or chili or and stuff uh, on your yeah. popcorn yeah yeah and then i saw rolo toppers it blew my mind i was like yeah oh. that's a bit of me sorry and your local odeon in shropshire yeah we've got electric now we've got um really we've got run, running water I mean, this, is, this is a guy who lives in south wales giving me shit for living in the middle of nowhere so um <laughs> So, yeah, I completely lost my train of thought. That was my confession that, yeah, everything's going gourmet or artisan or whatever, bespoke, whatever you want to call it. 
But there's a massive yeah. opportunity in that because um, it doesn't mean there's 60 million people in this country. If you can't find a niche within 60 million people, you shouldn't be in business. Is really, no. is the reality? Popcorn's a really good one. I was trying to think of. I've seen um, pork scratchings is going to be one. I think where. Yeah, you're yeah. going to start to see different flavor pork scratches. I've noticed um, Marmite have decided to infiltrate near enough every mar- marketplace now. So you can get Marmite beer, you can get Marmite peanut mm-hmm. butter. Peanut mm-hmm. peanut butter is another one. Like you can buy a jar of peanut butter for fifty p. You can buy a jar of peanut butter for twenty quid. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's like absolute chaos. Everything, everything that you can you can make or, or buy, you can you can add a gourmet twist to it. I suppose, can't you? Yeah, but then like you go down the rabbit hole. So if someone, if you did a taste test and had five jams, one that's the bargain bucket jam and one that's a 25 quid jar of strawberry deliciousness, um, mm. it, it'd be really interesting to see if you could tell the difference. Because I think, I think, yeah. I think with everything, like people say with wine, you reach a point where it's no longer about whether you can taste the difference, it becomes about preference. Mm, so, yeah, well, so yeah, yeah. like, it can only be so good a quality, and then after that, it's more about rarity and and different factors. Yeah. So, do you see that with coffee? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do we do coffee cupping, um, which uh, we do after kind of every every new roast that we do, or like we'll we'll do one say once a month, um, which then we there's a certain way of brewing it and mm. it just means that you will uh, taste the coffee as it's meant to be tasted. So you can look at any defects or say, for example, like I thought, well, this roast I'll roast a bit lighter or I'll roast a bit darker. So then you can compare and contrast and think, well, okay, well there was more flavor coming through the lighter roast than the darker roast or with the darker roast, there was more chocolate coming through. And with the lighter roast, there was more of the, the hazelnut coming through. So you can use it as a comparison tool um, I mean, everybody does it right through to the the buyers. They'll they'll do a cupping on the farm to make sure that the coffee that they're buying actually is any good. Yeah. You know, and actually, tastes of the farmer might say, "Well, this tastes like mango and yada yada yada." But they want to make sure that it actually does taste like what what they're mm. saying it is. So it's it's like a really important um, factor that we as coffee roasters that we do. Um, what was your question? I've I've lost my train of thought. I, as I, do. I was wondering if there was a point with coffee where it can only be such a certain level of quality, and then after that, oh, you're yeah. talking about rarity, perhaps where yeah, it's from, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So I mean, it, like, like you said about people's preference, like people will have a preference on what coffee they like. I mean, when people first get into coffee, they usually, when if people were coming to me, I'd steer them towards my Brazilian just because it's got more rounded flavors and it's more accessible to most people that have maybe not have had speciality coffee before. Okay. Um, it not, not that it's like instant, it's not like instant at all, but it's just more accessible to, to your palate. It's more, more palatable. Um, if you've never drunk in. Drunk yeah. It'd be like giving somebody a 10 year old scotch for their first whiskey. Yeah. And then, exactly. And then them like, well, it tastes like whiskey. It's, yeah. So, precisely yeah precisely but then you can go further down and further down i mean coffee it, it, it in one sense it's quite broad but then depending on how far you want to go down you know it can be really specific to what you want as a consumer from that yeah. particular type of, of bean um i mean in terms of us in terms of our marketing like our customer base so i find that 
they're more uh, interested in the type of flavors that they're going to get from the coffee. Whereas others in the same industry, people are more interested in the origins of the coffee. So where it was farmed and the process that it came through from, from the farm, where it was grown, how it was dried, all that kind of stuff, all the way through to the roasting process. It just depends on the, on the consumer, really. Um, yeah. As like I said, mine are more from what's it going to taste like when it's in my mouth. Um, so that's where I put most of my emphasis. That should be a strap line for your website. <laughs> it should be, shouldn't it? <laughs> Maybe that's the new brand. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would work. But it's, it's, it's an interesting way of niching, isn't it? That you're, you're targeting people whose number one concern is, is what it will taste like. There are yeah. other coffee producers targeting people whose number one concern is maybe the eco-credentials of the coffee. Mm-hmm. There'll be people mm-hmm. uh, who want who are literally interested in the geography. Maybe they've travelled there or, or whatever. There will be people yeah. who um, want decaf. That there's lots of different ways to niche, but it's a really interesting way to niche to be concerned more with palate. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that's reflected in in some of your marketing in terms of. I imagine people who are concerned about palate are concerned about fine dining. They're interested in wines. They're interested in uh, dining out rather than always eating in. Perhaps they're interested in gourmet cooking at home. So you can you can like really play with that with your marketing. Mm. Yeah, not just focus on the coffee connoisseur. Look at what's around that kind of bracket, and then yeah, look into that. I think yeah. I think you know from a from a marketing perspective, that's a a really interesting thing when you're looking at your broader audiences like if you're um let's say you're an accountant for just for footballers just for professional footballers your your marketing won't be about footballers interested in accountancy it'll be (laughs) (laughs) you know you'd be targeting people based on their level of income based on their profession based on what cars they're interested in based on where they go on holiday. And you mm. can really start to build a picture. And I think that's the same as what you're doing with Palette. Yeah. So, no, yeah, it goes. Oh, sorry, go on, John. Well, you bullied me when I was on your podcast. So, um, <laughs> I did not at all. I felt, I, never I felt the questions were deliberately geared towards me, but also questions that I was never, ever going to expect. <laughs> questions. That's what you said, Joe. When we had our initial chat, you were like, just, I don't want to know what's coming. Just just go for it. So I did. Yeah, and I thought they were going to be marketing questions. Uh, <laughs> and I got questions such as, if you had to compare coffees to professional American wrestlers, so, <laughs> so you're going to have it now. Um, oh, we'll start easy. What's what's your favorite coffee of all time? And you can't say one of your own. That's naff. My, fa- to, my favorite, I'll, I'll reply with a question to myself. My favorite coffee to drink or my favorite coffee bean? So if I went Whoa. to a coffee shop, yeah. would it be that, that I order? Is oh. that what you want me to ask? Uh, Answer. I don't understand what the second bit means. What's like? What's my favourite coffee bean? Let's explore yeah, that so, first. So, so obviously there's there's different geographical locations mm. where coffee is grown. So are you asking me my favourite coffee that I've had from a certain geographical? location or a, or a farm or are you asking me if i went to my favorite coffee shop what coffee would i order or you okay. to ask? have you ever have you ever listened to the off menu podcast i've not no 
Oh, that's a shit start to this conversation. Uh, so, <laughs> I've heard of on the Off Menu podcast, it's a dream restaurant, and they can have starter, main, and dessert. Yeah, you've told me about this. John. Yeah. yeah. So let's say you're going to the dream coffee shop. Okay. And what coffee do you order? Flat white. Yeah. So that's the type of coffee. Okay. Right. Yeah, I understand where we're going now. So it's a flat white. Okay. What what bean has been used to create that flat white? A yogurt chef. A Yurgachev. A Yurgachev. Okay. That doesn't sound Ethiopian. So. <laughs> but it's really like the reason I say that is one of my, one of my close friends, um, Jack, he's also a coffee roaster and that's one of his like signature beans. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a really delicate, um, like fruity flavor. Yeah. Um, really specific to that kind of bean. Um, it's from uh, Costa Rica, I believe. And it's, it's just, you know, when you've had one, you know you've had it. If it's roasted well and made well, because um, obviously you could be the best roaster in the world, but then give your coffee bean to someone who doesn't know how to use their coffee machine and it'll taste horrendous. Yeah, sure. Um, so if as long as it's made well and roasted well, then that that's what I would I would recommend, the, the yoga chest. So... Now I'm going to show my ignorance, but then gives you the opportunity to show your expertise. That's a that's a fruity coffee, in terms of in terms of its sort of tasting notes. Yes, yeah, yeah. But you would have that as a milk based coffee, so a flat white, and mm. and that works together. Yeah, I mean it's just because I prefer a flat white, just because you've got the intensity of the coffee because it's obviously a double shot. Yeah, but then not so much milk because i don't really like black coffee okay um as a drinker i'll drink it when i'm cupping but that's different but i wouldn't choose to have one in a coffee shop. that's like with wine it's similar yeah yeah yeah. um but i just i i enjoy the flavor of the coffee especially if it's been made well if a barista knows what they're doing and but then also you get that really um luxurious mouthfeel from the textured milk so you get a really nice experience, kind of whole, whole, you know, wholly in your mouth. So you got the re- you got the flavour of the coffee, which comes through. But because there's not so much milk, because it's a flat white as opposed to like a latte, you've still got that texture from the milk, which I I love milk. So I just really enjoy it all as a as a, as a you know just, I just enjoy it in my mouth. You can't do like. Uh... You can't do actions on this. It's a podcast, but no, I know, I know. It's because I'm talking to you, Joel. That's right. That's amazing. You need to put. You need to put like I don't know footnotes or something in this section. Paul is using his Paul hands. pointed to his mouth. <laughs> that's what he drinks coffee with. Yes. Genius. So yeah, I in, I I enjoy the 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 two parts that become a whole. So the the flavour of the coffee. But also the texture of the milk. Okay. As as well. Okay. I'll let you I'll let you in with an easy question. What's the worst coffee experience you've ever had? Uh, worst And we can, we can't count instant because that's let's just let's just say instant is something different. Rather yes, than it's not really coffee. There's really. a place for it, but it's not what there's we're talking about. It, but it's not what we're talking about, no. Yeah. Uh, worst coffee experience. That was probably, and it's a shame, really, because the coffee that this establishment used 
uh, is local to, to me um, and is very good. But like I said, because the fact that the barista didn't know what they were doing, I asked for a flat white, as I do, and the guy gave it to me in a mug, not, not, a, not a cup, a mug, I, I'm, you know, a generic coffee mug that you would have in your, uh, in your house. Uh, the coffee was terrible because he didn't know how to make it, didn't know how to use it. The shot was awful. He didn't, uh, he didn't compress it, he didn't do any of that. Uh, and he didn't know how to steam the milk properly, so he basically put the jug under the steam wand, turned it on, uh, and then took it off and poured it into my into my vessel. So yeah, that was um, that was a terrible experience, which was a shame. Like I said, because I know how good the coffee is, but because the end user didn't know what they were doing, then it just all that hard work from the the, the farm. Uh, I'm not sure where the, the coffee's from, but all that hard work that's come along that journey has been ruined by the spotty 16-year-old in the coffee shop that didn't know what they were doing, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah, it's massive, massive problem that, for that business. I, I, yeah, I feel like that because obviously I supply coffee shops and stuff, um, and if they're doing me a disservice, because the people that the consumers that will drink it won't think it's the barista that's done a bad job. They'll think it's the coffee that's rubbish. Yeah. So they they skip the barista, and they they then they think it's the coffee. So that it gives me or or whoever the brand is, it gives them a, a bad or a, or a um what's the word a tainted reputation. Yeah. Uh, because of the end user, which you know, which is I suppose it's, from 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 your point of view, Joel, like you could give people really sound marketing advice. But then, if they don't, if they follow it badly, then it might reflect badly on you because they say, yeah. "Well, I use Coke, and I'm not. My sales have, have plummeted, so people aren't going to come to you." So it's a similar. It's a similar vein. Yeah, a big one for us is we'll generate a lot of leads for somebody, and then they've got no sales process, mm. and so we end up being judged by the fact that they don't know how to sell to those leads, not the quality yeah. of the leads themselves. Um, yeah. But yeah, exactly. Same thing, but different. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, right, famous people you've supplied coffee to. Oh, um, I've only got one. He's an international rugby player mm -hmm. from Argentina, Thomas Kubeli. Okay. He was playing um, uh, in Wales, and uh, he he bought some coffee from me. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of that's nice. kind of it. He, he, I think he plays. I'm not sure who he plays club club rugby before, but he's certainly a. Uh, an international Argentinian rugby player. Did you get yeah, any Thomas. feedback on his coffee? I didn't know, which is a shame. Yeah. It was kind of a, a a quick transaction, and then and then off he went. Flew back mm. to Argentina, but he knows his coffee because his his wife was was Italian, so he he knew his stuff. Yeah, it's risky when you've got Italian wives. Um, exactly. So, no famous people have walked into into the cafe yet. Well, the director of Publicum came and bought a, a black Americano a couple of weeks ago. The director of what? <laughs> it's the it's like the Welsh version of uh, Coronation Street. Oh right, that's pretty cool. So it's, yeah, it's on it's on S four C. Um, so it's yeah, it's called Publicum. So it's it's like I don't know I don't know what it means. Um, 
but it's it's the well it's a Welsh soap opera. Shall I look up what it means? Yeah, yeah. P O B space Y space C. Got it. Got it. Y M. Yeah. Uh, soap opera started in 1974. Uh, I, I mean, I tell you what it means, but it's it's all in Welsh. <laughs> uh, translation. Yeah, there you I'm go. Still, I'm Hit still struggling. People of the Valley. That makes sense. There you go. People oh, of the Valley. There that makes we are. sense. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's like, so that's two famous people. Yeah. Well, actually, you've got my brain working now. And also, um, Gary Owen, and he's a uh, BBC presenter. Okay. What does he present? He's he's like a... He's, um, like a correspondent. Cool. But for like BBC Cymru, he does he does the TV and the uh, the the Wales the, the Wales the the radio. There's loads about Wales. <laughs> yeah, just everything about Wales. He's your man. He knows about dragons. He knows about daffodils. He knows about humpback. He knows about sperm. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. All of them. So. All of them. That's so, all you need to know. Right. I'm getting you back now. So if you had to compare your main coffees to mo- yeah. to movie stars, I knew this was coming. Who would they be and why? Right, my main my main five core coffees. Yes. To movie stars. Okay. Uh let's let's work this out, shall we? So my my first one, Brazilian, mm. uh Caleb Drost. Gold Star Award winning, I must point out. Um, and also Code Breaks Coffee. Let's just get that in there. <laughs> Let's get that in there as well. Um, I, I should add some context. So we like your coffee so much that we now give your coffee to prospects. That's very kind, John. There you go. That's very kind. And very kind of you as well, you know, giving giving free gifts to, to people. Yeah. That's well, very kind. You, know, you have to give them something nice to receive. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so it's from Brazil, uh, flavour of chocolate and hazelnuts. So fa- fa- famous TV st- movie stars, did you say? Yeah, movie stars. Movie stars. Can't can't be people from Publicom, no? Well, I mean, <laughs> if they remind you of, if they remind you of chocolate, hazelnut and Brazil, then yes. <laughs> I don't know anyone on Publicom anyway, so that wouldn't help me. Oh, um, I know you've. I know you've. You've t- asked me about these questions, but I couldn't think of any then, and I can't think of any now. Um, wow, this is making for a great section on the podcast. This is brilliant, isn't it? Aren't we doing well? We were doing so well, Joel. Um, what if I said wrestlers instead? Would that make it easier? Not. No. No. Not really. Uh, not. Not really. I, I did think maybe I could go down that line because then that's the. You know, we've got that in common. The crossover. The crossover, yeah. Um, yeah, I I've don't, bullied I don't, you into submission, haven't I? You have, yeah. Okay, what, what, t- what are your five main coffees? Caleb's Roast, which is Brazilian yeah, so chocolate hazelnut. Caleb's, yeah. Uh, April's Roast, mm. which is from Kenya. And that is, uh, you're looking at stone fruits, um so like peaches and um caramel nice uh colombian is uh more tropical fruit 
and it's got a nice vanilla finish. Decaf, peanuts, and biscuits. And our monsoon Malabar, which is from India, is a lot darker um, and has flavours of uh, spice and dark chocolate. Nice. So they're they're those. They're they're my five. It's quite hard to assign movie stars to those without sounding dramatically inappropriate. Yeah, so. it, it is because it's like, do you go do you go on like an aesthetic of what they look like, or do you look at like their personality traits, or you know, it's quite difficult. Yeah, no, I get it. And it'd be hard to do wrestlers too on that basis. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting though. So how come with your decaf one, for example, how come it's not like one of your other ones decaffeinated? Because it has to go through a certain process. Yeah. So um, there's only certain places that will will, will do it. So the way uh, where my decaf comes from uh, it's done through CO2. Yeah. So it's basically all it's used. Obviously gas is, is injected and then that, that eliminates the caffeine, but still keeps the flavor of yeah. the coffee bean. So there's no chemicals involved. It, none of that crap. Cause you, you hear a few, there's like CO2 decaf, there's Swiss water decaf. That's it, Swiss water. Yeah. They're, they're the main, they're the main people to, yeah. to do decaf is, is Swiss water. Yeah. So if you see a Swiss water decaf, it's just going to taste like, you know, a regular caffeinated coffee. Yeah. It's just got no, no caffeine in it. Um, so yeah, ah. it's, it's, I think people along that misconception that decaf coffee is like tasteless coffee. Um, yeah. but it, it, it's not, it's not the case. I mean, it may be, it might, might've been years ago, but now the, you know, the technology is improved so dramatically. You, you, you can still get the flavor of whatever coffee was in there prior to going through the process. And that's, that's a really interesting that's marketing point, isn't it? That, and I don't know if you do this on your website, but the reason you don't do decaf versions of your other products is because in coffee terms, they don't exist. Pretty much, and, and yeah. I don't think I knew that, and I don't think many yeah. people do. That's... No, it's not like you can just flick a button and make it decaf. You know, it has yeah. to go through a whole a whole process. I mean, you can get different. Like there is a Brazilian decaf that that my suppliers do, but you know, it's not the same flavors as my Caleb. So I couldn't call it Caleb's decaf. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's it's completely different bean from a completely different farm, so it will taste completely different even though it's from the same country. That's fascinating. Um, you know, so it, it, it like the, the decaf I've got at the moment is from, is from Peru. Um, nice. So, so yeah, it's good. easier question. What does the future look like for Alfie's? The future? Well, uh, the future's, uh, the future's bright, I think. Yeah. We've, uh, I had a, I had a, a meeting with Lauren um, a couple of days ago and we spoke about the future, funnily enough. Um, and where we wanted to go as, as a brand and as a business and where we're going to focus on. Um, and it's definitely going to be pushing the, the e-commerce uh, side of the business. Yeah. So uh, we really want to push, push that to our, to our retail uh, base, but then also work on our wholesale customers as well, trying to uh, get the, the brand into more, um, more cafes or more restaurants or yeah. more, establishments that have a coffee shop attached to them. Like for example, we, we supply a, a trampoline park in Cardiff um, who have got, you know, a, a coffee shop um, 
attached to that. So you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, I'll go trampolining and have a really nice cup of coffee. But they're kind of merging now. I feel like at my age, I'd need a coffee before I could go in the trampoline park. I think so. (laughs) I don't think you'd be the only one. (laughs) Slush puppy's not going to cut it anymore. I just need need like a triple espresso. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Or or maybe an adult slush puppy with some some, uh, vodka in it, something maybe. (laughs) That sounds dangerous. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 the that's the immediate future. So that's what we're going to be focusing on, at, like in the new year, is really pushing that side of the business and and taking that to kind of the next the next level. Because I've not, I've because of taking on the cafe and taking on Lauren, that's been very like in the past few months. So that side of the business has been neglected somewhat. Yeah, because I've been focusing on on the those kind of things but now they've kind of settled like lauren's really hitting her stride on on how she's what she's doing and you know she's brought loads loads and loads to the business in terms of her um her experience and her ideas and her drive and stuff so she's um she's been a real you know asset and what i don't want to do is is obviously uh dwindle her experience and, and dwindle her passion for coffee by her you know, I say just driving around in the coffee van, um, but you know she's she's better than she brings than more just, to the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want her to, you know, six months down the line to be like, well, this is all I'm doing. You know, I'm just I'm still driving around, not doing very much. So she's she's becoming more of a it's becoming more of a partnership than than an employee employer um, scenario yeah. as it was when we first started, which is, which is great for me, you know, because then I can really offload ideas to her and she gives me honest feedback and she comes back with ideas for, from her own, which is great for me as well. Cause like awesome. say, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just me at, at the end of the day. And I, you know, I make the decision. So if I can be someone there to be like, what do you think to this Lauren? Or what do you think to that? And she can come to me vice versa and it just works out really well. So, yeah, that's the future. Is um, is is pushing the e-commerce side of the business, pushing the wholesale side of the business, and just just yeah, creating more of a a well-known a well-known brand that that still delivers. You know, like uh, like a like a what's the word? Like 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 a big a bigger a big brand, but that delivers a brand that you'd expect, like customer service that you'd expect from like a smaller. A smaller brand. You don't, does that make Much, sense? Yeah. I've not explained it very well, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Still, that, that big, big enough to cope, small enough to care. That's the cliche. Yeah, there you go. That's the cliche that I that I wanted. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So when I remember, I ask every guest on the Stay Hungry podcast this question, completely yeah. unrelated to marketing or branding. But what's your favourite film and why? Oh, I've. Can I have a few? Because I've I've got. Does it have to be one? Um, something I talk to our staff about. Is being indecisive is right. a really unattractive trait in business. Uh, <laughs> I'm not indecisive. I just have a few. Greedy. You've decided okay. on several. <laughs> okay, let's 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 do, let's do it, and I'll judge you on every one. Okay, okay. The first one is the Jungle Book, the original Disney nice. cartoon, um, because my one of my fondest memories of of Alf, my granddad, is uh, sitting on his lap and watching it. On VHS, yeah, because um, I had it for Christmas, and bless him, he we watched it on repeat all day, and he sat there and he didn't he didn't move. He's probably being plied with whiskey as as, yeah, <laughs> as he was yeah. doing it. 
but that I didn't realize. But yeah, so that's that's that. Um, and then the second one is um, Indiana June, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Rocky Three. Oh, okay. So Jungle Book, safe, safe answer. Indiana yeah. Jones and the Temple of Doom, safe answer. And Andy will be chuffed with that answer. <laughs> Rocky Three. Yeah. is where you've tweaked my interest. Because, is it okay? Uh, for a start, Rocky Two is in my list. So, yeah. um, talk to me about it. Well, I mean, the 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 first one. I mean, you, sometimes you can't go wrong with with the first of any yeah. series. But for me, the the first Rocky, it's. Quite a lot happens before something happens. If yeah, sense. it's not a boxing film. I think no. I think people go into it with the misconception it's a boxing film, and it's actually yeah. a romance about uh, Adrian and Rocky. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's there's a time and a place for that. Um, but it's not when but, you want to watch a boxing film. No, no. I mean, I'm not I'm not a, a, a boxing fan uh, of 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 any degree. Like, I it's it's not. No, I'm, but we've, we've, we've discovered you like fake fighting, and boxing films are fake fighting. So exactly. So, so I think I love. I fall in love with the choreography of, of the fighting. I, I think I, I I know of. Um, so that's that's that. It's a bit like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like nothing happens until the end. Yeah, I struggled with that film, but I love Rocky, so I'm tr- I'm really holding my tongue right now. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, Rocky Rocky Two. Yeah, but Rocky Three, I don't know. Rocky Three, I think Rocky Three and Rocky Four uh, are the are the ones that that do it for me. Ultimate like, entertainment. In, yeah, you've invested into the characters. You know who they are, um, and then he's just building on his on, on his on his character, and he's he's uh, yeah, he's just got everything for me. So I, I think the stakes are really high in Rocky Two because he thinks his wife and unborn child are going to die. And then they don't. Mm. And so then she tells him she wants him to win. And before mm. that, he's like a broken man because she doesn't really want yeah. him to box. So I love, I love like the realism of one and two. And I think mm. you can stop there if you want, if you want films that are grounded. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then Rocky three starts with him wrestling Hulk Hogan. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's like, and I saw a clip the other day that they actually got Hulk Hogan to stand on a box to make him look even bigger than Sylvester Stallone. Did they really? Yeah. So, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I mean, you've opened a can of worms here because I know way too much about the Rocky films. So, like, uh, a new director's cut of Rocky Four comes out in a couple of weeks. And um, apparently they, they like make it way more serious and stuff. But um, Rocky Three is like, a lot of body lotion and body oil and close-ups of like pulsating muscles. It's it's very eighties. Very wrestling, isn't it? <laughs> Vince McMahon's dream, Giles. There's like a ten-minute sequence of them running on the beach where it's just close-ups of their thighs and them cuddling in the sea. So, so I think the listeners can judge you on this, but but also. Sylvester Stallone goes from being like a real slugger to turning into Muhammad Ali in the film. As well. yeah, 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 he does. He? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. The, the final fight is hilarious, and then and then he decides that his Muhammad Ali tactics not going to work, and he goes back to being a slugger. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. It confuses everybody. Confuses, yeah. it? I think one of the lines is, stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I love as well? In, in, is it, it's Rocky Four, isn't it, where he fights the... the um, Ivan Drago. That's the one. Um, and how he can go from... Drago can go from killing a man... Uh, to then fighting Rocky and Rocky being plummeted numerous times in the head, but 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 still gets up and carries on. I think the line is, he's not human, he's like a piece of iron. So. <laughs> <laughs> but he does get brain damage from that, which he then recovers from later on to go on to fight Mason, the line Dixon in Rocky Balboa. But yeah, that's, yeah. you know, I know too much about Rocky, like I said. <laughs> that's a that's a whole podcast episode. I can, honestly, if if someone got me on like a movie podcast and I had to talk, if I was on um, what's the quiz show where you have to have a specialty? Mastermind. If I was on Mastermind, the Rocky anthology would be would be my the whole the whole anthology. Yeah, well. yeah, all Not the way to Creed and Creed Two. Uh, really? Yeah. Wow. I and you t- think you'd you'd be okay with that? Yeah, like I know really intricate details like. Um, Duke in it was called Duke and then they changed his name to Tony Duke and that annoys me because his real name is Tony so why have they done that and right. all these little things and um, like they're making a new Rocky Four um, the yeah just all, all these weird things that um, I think uh, Burgess Meredith was the original uh, Riddler in the Batman TV series. Yeah. So all these like random things. I don't know why I know it all, but I do. But you do. And you are you like that with with any other series of films, or is it just Rocky that you're? No, just Rocky. You're really hot? just Rocky. Just Rocky. Yeah. Borderline obsessed. Nice. Uh, like nice. his dog's called Butt Kiss, and that was his real dog in real life. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, 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 I knew that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the the director of Creed was the director of Fruitvale Station, which is a film no one's seen that I love. So, like, Ryan Coogler, he also directed Black Panther. So, Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, you see. Right. So, how do people buy your coffee? If they listen to this episode, they're like, I want yeah. some of that hazelnutty yeah. chocolateness or that fruity <laughs> Kenyanness. Nice. How do I get it? Go to www.alfiescoffeeco.co.uk. Awesome. That's that one ticked off. If they're in Carmarthen, how do they come and drink a cup of it without having to make it themselves? Go to Cafe Aratom, which is inside Aratom, funnily enough, which is uh, 18 King Street in Carmarthen. Awesome. And where will the van be seen next? Oh, the van is in Carmarthen, the van is in Tletley, and the van is in Swansea. Carmarthen, Tuesday and Thursday, Tletley on a Wednesday, and Swansea is a Friday. Paul, you've been an awesome guest. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Joel. Nice to speak to you. (laughs) 